Hey, Chad here, co-host of The Hillbilly and the Hipster. And I want to let you know that this episode's been brought to you today from the makers at St. Galgano Armory. And I encourage you to visit their Etsy store to order blacksmith merchandise. And you can do that by going to etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And Galgano spelled G-A-L-G-A-N-O. And a portion of all proceeds are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I want to let you know that if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll receive 10% off. And this is some great veteran-forged, made-in-America stuff. I mean, I'm really looking to order myself a couple of these bottle openers and rebar and railroad spikes. So check them out. Again, it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll sub yourself 10%. Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I am the lead pastor of First Southern Baptist Church of Westminster, Colorado. And with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, what's shaking there in the bluegrass state? Well, uh, it's windy as all get up. The door on my building um, is not no longer fully attached to my building. At so work or your house? No, a house like the the oh. shed. Yeah. Okay. Oh, like right. storage building. Okay. I just I just call it the building. Um, but yeah, it's no. <laughs> the hinges have been blown off. Um, it was hanging on by like half a nail. So that's that's exciting. Also, it's cold again. Dang near seventy degrees all week, and then today it's like you know what's going to be funny. Watch this. Uh, snow flurries and wind. Yeah, they they said here, um, it's not going to be. I I don't think it's getting above freezing. Like it's going to be, you know, high twenties as as, you know the high. Not until February. We're not getting past like thirty fives until February. See, and I'm good with that. Like, if it's going to be cold and snowy, let's do it. Well, I'm due for another foot of snow this weekend. So I want all the snow. We were talking at work today. Like, I want, I miss Iowa snow where, like, we have two foot of snow, three or four inches of ice. Everybody's like sliding off the side of the road. People are angry, but God, the kids and college students love it. Nothing shuts down because they're from Iowa. They understand how to drive in that junk. Like, I want it all here. Or, hear me out, I'm okay with it being like 50, 60, 70 degrees and rainy and then some light wind. But what kills me is when I have like six seasons in four days. <laughs> well, that's that's the uh, that's the Midwest for you. I get it, but whew, it got me today. I woke up super early. And by super early, I mean... 5.50, like not super early, but for me it is because I had a breakfast meeting this morning, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, but I was like, man, why do my joints hurt this much? 
it's like I just ran a marathon and then I got outside and it was like, no, that makes sense. Freaking weather change, man. (laughs) I can feel it in my bones. We we just had eight inches of snow on top of snow that was still hanging around from the last one. And now we're going to get a foot. See, I want that here. You can have it. So if you're if you're listening, which obviously you're listening or you wouldn't know what this conversation was. So if you're listening, you know, hit us up on the tweeter and let us know your favorite weather. Like what is your faith? You could have like one weather pattern. What would you have? I would choose. I would choose like good snowball snow. Oof, no. Six inches of it. Six inches. Just a solid good snowball snow so I can make a snowman. And I can pelt my family with snowballs. You know, and I, I visited these towns a lot in my past life, you know, up in the Dakotas, Montana and stuff. So towns where it just snows perpetually and they just live with it, right? It's just there's always snow on the ground. The, the, the streets are plowed, but you never see the blacktop and everything's fine. You know, it just seems like everything's fine. You, you know, every night you're getting four or five more inches, but they're taking care of it. It's not chaos. And I always wanted to live in a town like that because, I I mean, I visited a lot. And even just over Christmas, I kind of spent a couple of days in a town like that here in Colorado. And and it's nice for like a day or two. But I'm like, yeah, I'd much rather be somewhere where I don't have to bundle up. I get that. But can we can we talk about weather real quick for a second again? Because I have a question. What about a winter storm? makes people need french toast well i don't know how the heck you afford it now because eggs here are nine dollars for a dozen and a half no i mean you gotta be the queen of england to have french toast anymore but like think about it like there's a storm rolling through and you go through the grocery store it's all and eggs and bread. bread there's not a gallon of milk to be heard or seen and the chickens have just gone to roost like there's nothing left you know, you got people fighting over a crust of bread. and Like, it's the only time I've ever seen every loaf of nine-grain bread gone. The gluten-free bread's gone. Gluten-free bread, they're like, well, I will take that, I guess. The people that it's need... It's the bread, only one left. You know, the people that need gluten-free bread are upset because now all their bread is gone. Their bread for the week. Well, out here in East San Francisco, if you remember when you visited me, like two years ago, and a snowstorm came... There was uh, the police blocked off a road and were directing traffic because there was a run at the dispensary up the road from where I live. Look, priority. So it's man. not just bread and milk and eggs anymore. It's it's bread, milk, eggs, and weed. Uh, well, eggs are about you know about as lucrative as selling weed these days. So weed weed might be cheaper here. Probably, I might, I might as a side hustle go get some chickens and then start hawking eggs on the corner like stand there with the trench coat people walking by what you need i got brown eggs i got white eggs i got large i got small what you want i got some double yokers <laughs> whip open that trench coat and you just have like ziploc baggies of eggs hanging from it just every bad 80s movie reference right there <laughs> there it is that that conversation took a turn it did. I don't know. And that really. I, 
I'll, I'll pray for you, but well, uh, yeah. So hit us up, like Andy said on, on Twitter, if you want to talk about the weather, what's your favorite season? Um, and uh, our Twitter, our Twitter handle is at Hill Hipster Pod. Andy, I want to tell you, I, I got an email this morning. I enjoy emails if they're good. I got an email telling me that uh, some things are coming to me from Saint Galgano Armory. Saint Galgano, that that is a Beautiful, beautiful name. And let me let me tell you a little bit about our friends at St. Gangano Chadwick. So for those of you that don't know, this podcast is sponsored and brought to you by the makers at St. Galgano Galgano's Armory. Visit their Etsy store to order blacksmith merchandise. Things like bottle openers, uh, hooks, uh, and different different items like that. They are uh, handmade out of like railroad spikes and things like that. He forges this stuff uh, in, in, in his own little forge. It's pretty sweet. Um, a portion of all sales actually are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral here in Owensboro, Kentucky. And you, the listener, have the opportunity to save 10% on all your purchases by entering code HILLBILLY at checkout. And you can visit their shop, the St. Galgano Armory shop at etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And that's G-A-L-G-A-N-O. So it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Remember, like Andy said, if you use the code Hillbilly at checkout, you'll save yourself 10%. These are blacksmith by these are veteran made, veteran forge, made in America, um, it did get me a rebar bottle opener and a couple of railroad spike hooks, and I can't wait to get my hands on that rebar bottle opener. Rebar was the word I was looking for and could not think of that word to save my life. <laughs> but yeah, no, so you've got yours coming. I'm actually going to put it in order this weekend. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm actually getting ready to, in the next month or so, move offices within my office building. So uh, hopefully I can get some hooks and whatnot to hang up and I can put my vest and uh, keys and, and duty belt on it. So that'll be all kinds of things you could hang on a hook. All, all the things at my office that I could hang on a hook. Well, Andy, I got some breaking news for us. I do love Let break. Cue up the breaking news music. Dun, 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 dun. Andy, it's time we're gonna we're gonna do something here on the on the podcast on the Hillbilly and the Hipster, and we're gonna have our first giveaway. Oh, I did. So if you would like breaking news that I didn't know. Uh, if you'd like one of these Forge Railroad Spike bottle openers, um, hit us up on Twitter. Um, hit us up on Twitter. It's at Hill Hipster Pod, or you can email us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. And we will randomly draw either one of the tweets if you hit us up on Twitter or one of the email. And one of you lucky folks, and we are global now. The uh, the hillbilly and the hipster empire is growing. We are we are taking we are barnstorming Europe, my brother. That that, that is more breaking news. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> but if you would like one of these uh, Forge Railroad Spike bottle openers, we will uh, randomly. Choose one of the email or, or tweets that we get, and we will. So, what are they? What do they, need to put in the, what do they need to put in the tweet? We we hashtagging it. What are we doing here? Sure, Jack? we can hashtag it. Let's let's hashtag Saint Hillbilly. 
All right. If you use hashtag Saint Hillbilly, tweet oh. us with hashtag Saint Hillbilly uh, and oh, email oh, us. Email us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Either or, we will choose. Someone will get one of these Forge Railroad Spike bottle openers, and they look good. They look good. I've heard good things. I know. So I know he's. We, me and him have have talked about it. Um, excellent quality. He he puts a lot of pride in his work. Um, so yeah, you go go check it out. Hit us up. You know, maybe you can get one for yourself uh, through this giveaway. And they make excellent gifts, ladies. If we have lady listeners, uh, Doctor Wife, um, and any other. Lady- I actually know we have a couple of lady listeners. Look at that. Well, ladies, for that man in your life, Valentine's Day is coming up. You know, nothing says I love you more than a railroad spike to the, I'm just joking. But, you know, railroad spike hooks and all this forge, like, manly stuff. So it could be uh, it could be a good Valentine's Day gift, birthdays that are coming up, things of that sort. So definitely check out the the website and see. And there will be more stuff coming. Um, you know, keep keep... Uh, keep them in your prayers as he's still recovering from surgery. Um, but yeah, as soon as, as soon as he's back up and going, you know, there'll be, there'll be much more stuff on the, on the site and just an exciting time for, for them. And really for us, as we continue to grow and as they're growing and we can grow together. So uh, yeah, now this giveaway, I'm excited. Do I, in fact, if I tweet from my non and hipster, handle am i entered in you are ineligible my brother well i don't like the fine print is that employees and their families of hillbilly and hipster enterprises are ineligible to compete (laughs) sorry turner looks like you don't get one now (laughs) one of your boys has a twitter with a fake they better you could create an anonymous and try to fool me, but I'm actually not on these social media. So, no, no. I although you do, you do. We 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 share the Twitter. We do. We I do. think that um, you know we may venture out into the Instagram, uh, looking into that. To what you know, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, I digress, and now I'm just rambling. Um. You know what sounds good right now, Chad? You say Skittles, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> I was going to say Skittles. How could really go for some Skittles right now? Uh, well, Andy, we're going to be in grace alone, but I do have one other thing I think we're going to document here on the podcast. We are going to we're going to have a little bet and we could talk about it probably on the next episode, right this Sunday, the Bengals Football Club of Cincinnati, Ohio take on the bills of buffalo new york and so it's funny to bring that up i meant i had breakfast with my pastor this morning and he is a diehard Bengals fan and i meant to to talk a little smack to him and it never came up and now i'm sad that it didn't come up well the bengals have always been like a secondary team for me when i was a kid growing up like anthony munoz was like one of my favorite players and i got to meet him once and it was a it was a huge deal, but I know you are now a bandwagon Bills fan for the last couple of years, right? And not Josh Allen bandwagon. No, and I'm so, right. Sir, sir, I do like Josh Allen, but I'm riding the Spencer Brown bandwagon. Shout out University. Oh, of- that's right. Spencer that's Brown. Right. 
on that offensive line. Well, Andy, I think the deal is going to be uh, if the Bills win, I will I will DoorDash you the lunch of your choice there in beautiful Owensboro, Kentucky, to work. I like it. I like and, it. And if the Bengals win, you can do you can reciprocate and do the same. I like it. I That's like our it. gentleman's wager. So I want to hold on just a second. I'm in, right? I'm totally in because I like lunch. But you said the Beatles were like your secondary team. Who is your your first dairy team? When I was growing up? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the Cowboys. I mean, I grew up a Cowboys fan. <laughs> we them boys! Yeah, I grew up a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Bengals... It's kind of like the Bengals. I, I I like the Bengals because uh, by the time that they switched the uniforms with the Tiger Stripe helmets and everything, my my high school had switched to those uniforms, so it kind of just kind of happened. And plus, I liked Anthony Munoz, and then um, I like the I like the Buccaneers and the Seahawks too as like backup teams because they were the new teams when I was a kid that came into the league. Like they were the newest team. So, are you current day still a Cowboys fan? No. Thank God. No, I, I mean, I, I don't really watch that much NFL. If I root for anybody, I, in all honesty, I, I root for the Bengals um, so, or the Texans. Full disclosure, like, yes, I've jumped on the Bills bandwagon because of, of Mr. Brown. Um, by the way, somehow if he's listening, what's up? Friend of the uh, show. Friend of the show, Spencer Brown, because he, he is my, my favorite ball player right now, my favorite NFL player. Um, but my, my team growing up that I, that I've loved as long as I can remember is the New York football giants. So there's a, there's another rivalry between us. You know, it's not like you just the Braves and the Mets, like you Dallas and New York. Yeah. Well, now I have no skin in the game anymore. I don't care about the Cowboys. Yeah, but now the Bengals and the Bills, like our teams have just always, Somehow come against each other. Yes, how are we friends? You have a hockey. <laughs> you have a hockey team. Are you a hockey guy? Um, I, it was the Devils for the longest time. It's fitting, Pastor. I know. Well, it's not. It's not <laughs> Satan. It's not Satan, Devil. It's some other mythical creature, and not that Devils. It's not that Satan's a mythical creature. It's a. It's basically New Jersey Sasquatch. It's the the New Jersey Devil is a this cloven hoofed winged creature who haunts the woods in South Jersey. And yeah, again, I stick by my way to go there, Pastor Comment. <laughs> so I don't understand hockey. I know that goalie fights are awesome. Um I saw one of those when I was in Waterloo, Iowa, and I went and saw the Waterloo Blackhawks play. Um which is like a semi pro, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's minor league. I saw I saw a goalie fight. But uh, I don't necessarily have a team. Like my, one of my favorite animals is the penguin, so I'm just like, well, I like Pittsburgh. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm taking applications on, on hockey because that's a sport that I want to get into. And there's actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, at least there used to be a youth hockey league here in Owensboro. So uh, I may go watch that and learn with the kids about hockey. I just have visions of uh, the Seinfeld episode where Kramer's taking karate 
with the youth with little kids and he's dominating in the dojo because you know he's six whatever six four and he's fighting 10 year olds and i just see you on I the ice playing with peewee hockey i would have to do it with i can't ice skate i have the balance of a dead three-legged cat like i'm just i'm i'm my ankles are too weak it's it's bad so I mean, I would just be out there and she was running and they could just slice my foot off, I guess. But yeah. So we're in the third of the five solos. We'll we'll take we'll take applications for Andy's hockey team, but we'll uh we'll get to business. We're in the third of the five solos. Sola Gracia, you know, Grace alone. And uh I think Sola Gracia is simply it's simply the acknowledgement that God's word teaches that the totality of our salvation is a gift of grace from him. I'm going to beat you again, Andy, because as it says, just like last week, as it says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. You thought you had me, didn't you? That's not where I was going. Look at you. Let's uh, let's also look at Romans 5. It says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for the righteous man, though perhaps for a good man some would dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. A little bit earlier, Dad, in Romans, I think in Romans 3, I think it's 10 and 11, Paul writes... Um, that none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. Correct. So grace alone, Andy. But I think the Bible's clear that we cannot earn God's favor through our own merit. Right? It is solely by his grace. Yeah, and, and I've always, I've kind of looked at that that lens of grace. Um. Is something funny, not funny, haha, but funny, oh, um, because it's something that we clamor to as people, but very rarely give out. Um, because mm. I, oh, I, suss that out because that that's a that's a that's a good word because we do right we we want I want you to give me I want you Andy to give me just unlimited grace. Right. So I like I look at the profession that I'm in right now, like I'm a parole officer, right? Probation and parole. Um, and I know I personally, when I screw up, like, you know, go easy on me. Like, you know, I, I X, Y and Z, like, show me some mercy, show me some grace. Um, and then like the people that I'm charged with supervising and that, that my colleagues are charged with supervising and not just here. Right. Just in general. Um like we're real quick to, okay, this happens. So now we have to, you know, X, Y, and Z punishment, right? Not punishment's a bad word, not punishment, like sanction, right? We're going to, we're going to try to, we're going to hold you accountable for your actions. And we don't really want to work with them. Or at least that's the way it's portrayed. Like if you watch a TV show, right? There's not a lot of, not a lot of grace given when detectives are, you know, yelling down some perpetrator's throat and, and things of that sort. And I even think of myself as a parent just to throw myself out there and be fully transparent. Like, 
you know, one of my one of my boys does something that they blatantly that is just like to be a huge deal. Like I'm not always quick to show my kids grace on that. I'm I'm quick to be like, look, you can't do this. But since you've done that, like this has to happen. And I know I've talked in just a huge circle there, but when you look at the way that I, you know, I respond to my kids or I respond to, to certain things at work or, you know, I respond, my wife and I respond to each other when we're, we're angry. And then you look at the way God responds with us, right? I, I screw up and, and do something I shouldn't do, right? Which we do daily. I have an impure thought. I have an angry, mean word come out of my mouth. I have an unloving attitude toward my brother or sister. And I want to immediately run to God and be like, oh, God, like, forgive me. You know, I was wrong in this. Help me to be stronger so I don't do that. And God is very quick to be like, you know what? Yes. You know, here is my grace. Uh, here is my love. Here is my forgiveness. Let me take that sin and cast it, you know, into the sea of forgetfulness. Um, and really, I think a lot of times we take those sins that people do against us and we cast them in a pocket of remembrance. Where any time we like are having a bad day, we're like, Chad, do you remember that time that you did X, Y, and Z? You're just a terrible person. Do you think grace is ours to give? Or the times that we're gracious and give grace, is that solely because of God's grace? Why not both? And so now Yeah, I, I have no answer. I'm just kind of and so let me let me let me suss that out as, as far as why I say why not both. Um nothing I have is mine to give, right? Amen. Everything Amen. comes from the great it is by the grace of God, I said where I'm at right now. It is nothing short of a godsend that the the home that my my family and I live in were in it. that the, the the fact that we were able to move closer to my family the fact that that we both have jobs to support our family the fact that, you know x y and z like I didn't earn any of that it is by the grace of God alone and a lot of help along the way from from God, friends, and family, right? And so all of that has been given to me. I don't deserve a bit of it. So in return, why would I withhold gracious love from my brother and sister when it has not been withheld from me? And so, yeah, I think if somebody wrongs you, you should be gracious enough with them to forgive them. Now, obviously, nothing goes without consequences, right? Yes, right. That I think sometimes that's where, in an earthly sort of, at least in my opinion, my my experience, right, the earthly perception of grace is that we write off consequences. No, and I, I, just, I don't. That's not the. That is obviously like God writes off consequences. Ah, uh, but but he's there are still consequences for sin, though. Well, yes, right, but he, yes. But we th those sins are easily forgiven. <laughs> sure. Easily is a bad form because it's not it's not easy to live a life for Christ, right? I, I'm just I'm just keeping you on your toes this week. Oh, that's fine. 
and you do that. Uh, I'm a big guy. You're liable to break something. I had my espresso, so now I'm awake. I was sleepy before we started, but now, now that caffeine's kicked in. Now, now I forgot. No, but like we're talking about grace. Yeah. Well, thanks, buddy. So no, but there is the. Uh, yeah, there are consequences for our sins, right? Oh, absolutely. But Christ forgives those, right? It's like absolutely. We're, we're sitting in court. And, you know, we'll just throw out the art, you know, the Michael or St. Peter, right? We'll pretend that he's really at the gate. And he's in this courtroom session, and he's reading off this litany of sin that we've committed in our life. So for some of us, like myself and, and you, let me throw you under the bus with me, that's a big book, right? Like we're sitting there for days as he reads this stuff off. And then he gets to the end, he was like, how do you plead? Well, you have all the evidence right there. I have no choice but to plead guilty. And then all of a sudden, as I'm pleading guilty, he was like, oh, no, the charges against you have been dropped. Your, your fines have been paid. Come on in. Yeah. And, and I think if you have done something here, just because you're forgiven, does still it doesn't eliminate the consequences. Like, you know, if my one of my boys steals something, right? Like they they decide they want money for X, Y, and Z, and I tell them no, and somehow they figure out where I have money stashed around the house to keep me from spending it. Um, and they take that money and go get what they want. They're still going to buy wrestling figures, which is what you still want anyway, so it's all going to work out for you. You're not wrong. But, you know, <laughs> Am I going to be gracious with them and use that as a learning moment? Absolutely. But there's still going to be some sort of punishment, right? I'm not right. Absolutely. I, I, it's just the way it is. I think, I think more like, you know, the, the consequences of sin are earthly. Absolutely. The forgiveness is still eternal. Forgiveness is eternal. My, and my, my love for my kids doesn't change because I have to punish them. Right, you just might not like them for that moment, but it doesn't change your love for them. They may definitely not like me for that moment. Because let me tell you, I don't know what happened the other day, but my youngest, I took his tablet away from him, and then I made him go to bed. It was last night. Made him go to bed. And he... Oh, what he did, he didn't want to take a shower. And so we're like, no, dude, you got to take a shower. He's like, I just took one. I was like, when? Last weekend? Like, you have to go take a shower. And he threw a fit in the floor. And I was like, that's it. Tablet's gone. So as he threw a fit in the floor, were little dust clouds coming up like pig pen and peanuts because he needed a shower. And I was like, your tablet's gone. Quit. And then it kept getting worse. I was fine. Like, you're going to bed as soon as you get out of the shower. Like, sorry, but which... Um, was really very awesome for me because he doesn't like being upstairs by himself. So then I went to bed when he got out of the shower. <laughs> so we both got to go to bed like 7.45 last night. And it was amazing for me, not him. But like, he's probably mad at me in that moment. But he never questions my love for him. Right? I may screw something up so totally awful and I may go through earthly consequences, but yet I still know that my, my father loves me 
more than I could ever know. And that his forgiveness runs so deep that, yeah, I'm paying for it here. But once I cross over, like, it's it's forgotten. He doesn't remember that it happens. Which has always been a hard concept for me, for an all-knowing God, to forget my sins. Mm. My sins that hung that man on the cross. And yet he's going to forget them. Talk about the ultimate sign of love and grace. Well, it's made me think of a couple of things that mainly I think the ways that God gives us to show grace is through our speech. And and I'm first reminded of of Jeremiah 17, verse 9. It says that the heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then I think... Follow my heart? (laughs) And then I'm thinking what, what the Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4, that let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear, right? So Paul's teaching us in Ephesians that God's God's purposes for glory for the universe and is, and for us, right, for, for believers in Christ, that it extends to our speech, right? And when we think about Jeremiah, that, you know, the, the heart is evil and that apart from Christ, you know, without without Jesus, we're, our, our sinful hearts are just going to throw out words that just preach death and decay and spew hatred um, all to, the, to everybody in the world. But because of Christ and now that we're in Christ, we can use our speech to do what was possible, what was impossible before. Right. And that's grace. And, you know, oh, God absolutely. God uses our speech for ends that we can never fully fathom because you have no idea, right? We have no idea what, when we, when we make a, a kind response to somebody or we, we use words to build somebody up or give them, you know, just give them a, a, something to cheer them up. Or even when we share the gospel, you know, I preached a funeral today to, to some 60, 70 folks and I have no idea you know, in my sharing the gospel or, or the gentleman who came up when we did the sort of when people came up and, and made their remembrances of the deceased, you know, on the open mic, I'd never witnessed this before in a funeral, but he shared the gospel with them, you know, with his family members. And I've, we have no idea what that speech is, what what those words are going to do um, in, in people's lives. And so, you know, we God does use our speech for ends that we can't full, ever fully fathom. And and God uses our speech for for what lasts, right? If if we, you know, we to kind of piggyback on your thing about going, you know, with going and having all our charges read against us about everything we've done. If if we look back about just I, I'm not even gonna go back over a year or a month. If we look back at today, how much, how many words, how much if we look over today, what we've wasted today in the last 24 hours. How many words would make the list of what we've wasted? Oh, so many words. Right. And God, you know, we only have a limited amount of words in a lifetime. And so, you know, God uses our ordinary words for extraordinary purposes. And, you know, and he uses them. He, you, he, he uses our speech to build things that last. 
Yeah, that's pretty convicting. Um, I think, uh, I mean, the fact that I had a, a pretty rough day today, like, I know that not all the words out of my mouth were uplifting. Um, maybe with my offender, my offender or my, my clients, you know, maybe they were somewhat uplifting, but I know with colleagues, I know with myself, um, probably wasn't the most uplifting person so um, you know you you saying that repeating that with what Christ has said and, and then the story of the, of the gentleman sharing the gospel at the funeral which is a time really we need to hear the gospel Amen. but for a for a family member who's grieving the loss of a loved one like regardless of whether we we know where they're at or not it's never an easy thing to share because we're dealing with so many emotions personally. Um, yeah, man, that was a, a gut punch that I don't, I don't know that I was quite ready for. Um, so, yeah, welcome to it, guys. Like, we're not perfect people. Like, we, we play one on TV, but we are, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty real, and, and hopefully through this podcast, you realize like we're going to be opening up front with you guys and, and not pretend that we have our, our crap together. So, uh, yeah. Well, and I think the other big thing about Sola Gracia or Grace Alone, why it's important, because, and and we may have some tribal differences on this, but I think you and I agree on this. If you know, Sola Gracia is important because it, it is the backbone. It is the basis of our assurance of salvation as sinners before a holy God. If we deny grace alone, we cannot have any true assurance of our salvation. I think grace alone is the gospel. Right. Grace alone is the good news. You know, I, we, we've both been a part of tribes and. And I've probably kicked this dead horse more times than I haven't. But they kept saying, you know, you have to find what good news is to people. You know, maybe good news is a cookie. And I just, every time that I would think about that conversation that I had with, you know, maybe good news is sitting in the driveway having a beer with somebody. Like, I, I just wanted to scream because that's not good. The you God, can share the good news while sitting in a driveway with your neighbor, but... That that act isn't the good news. That may be that may be you showing the heart of Christ, right? And those is... are two different those are two different things. The good news has been and always will be the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. That while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for you and me. And the, and and if that wasn't big enough, right? Is if that wasn't big enough that all of my sin all of your sin, all of our listeners' sins, all of our non-listeners' sins, which might be a sin not to listen. Yeah, I probably took that too far. But anyway, you get it. Like, all of the sin just thrown on him. Like, like, if that wasn't big enough, but wait, there's more. He conquered death and came back. Right? So our, our faith that we have through grace we're not having faith in some dead dude laying in a, in a grave. Yeah, the grave is empty. The grave is empty. Our faith is in a very much living God. 
was alive and is preparing a place for us so that one day, through our faith, his grace will be shown to us as we walk into heaven with him. And all eternity. That makes me think of uh, John 6, 39. It says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. <laughs> Your news is really loud. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's just, there, there's so many scriptures that we can choose from to kind of point this out. But six, Romans 6.14, right? Like we just talked about sin. We just talked about um, being, being cast off. Romans 6.14 says, for sin shall not be a master over you, for you're not under a law, but you are under grace. Amen. Like that, that's big. I'm, I'm going to read it again. For sin shall not be a master over you. Because if you look at the majority of our life, well, maybe not the majority, depending on how old you are, but like a good chunk of our lives, we were dead in sin. Sin literally lorded over us. Yeah. And and you think about that, everything, even, even in Christ, right? Everything we do is tainted by sin. Without Absolutely. grace alone, how could we have the confidence that we have enough faith to be saved without but, God's grace? Yeah. So, for sin shall not master over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. So if you look at it back in 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 the mo in the Old Testament, right? They were definitely under the law. They had the Ten Commandments. They had the moral law. They had the the cultural law. They had all these laws and rules. And not, don't don't hear what I'm not saying. We are under laws today too. We we are expected to abide by laws, be good citizens, be good stewards of what's been given to us and all of that stuff. So we can't just go run out and because, you know, being, being Christian, being a Christ follower should make us want to set the example. Right. So we still have these, these laws, but like they were held to a higher standard because they were under the law and Jesus comes in and he's like, look, I am the law. Like you, you, you're not, you're under me now. You're under my grace. I am the law. Well, I mean, I think it's more that he, I think. He came to fulfill it. I yes. Yeah. I, I think we, I think when we say that you've been, we've been what you've been watching the trailer for the chosen. <laughs> I actually haven't. I've never seen the chosen. But I think, yes, I, I think that I, I totally get what you're saying, but I think that, that, that twist on that word is that he's the fulfillment of the law. I definitely, I definitely misspoke. He didn't, he came to fulfill the law. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a, a, pain in your behind but i think when when he says that i am the law that's definitely uh lifts up that that sort of mormon doctrine um and yeah. and he truly is the fulfillment it, of the law it the whole preface of that sentence so yeah my my apologies on that he came to fulfill the law he didn't come to be the law he came to fulfill the law so again he fulfills that law and just dumps his grace on us and and I probably wouldn't have noticed it, except I've 
had this conversation uh, on that very same phrase um, with a former Mormon over the last two weeks. So it's fresh in my mind. I'm pretty sure we had that talk too. Um, I'd probably talk to you about my talk. About that talk. So yeah, that's, you know, whoops, my bad on the slip. But again, looking at it that way and looking at it with this verse, it definitely reiterates the gospel message and and the good news, if you will, uh, is nothing else other than by the grace of God, we are forgiven through our, you know, it's just, amen. All it all piles onto that one word. If you take the grace out, I don't really know what else there is. Right. And I think I, I want to go back to what I said before about Romans 3.11, where it says that, you know, no one, no one seeks for God. So, you know, while the Bible says that there is no one who seeks God, the good news right, is that God seeks us, that God seeks after sinners, right? And even in Luke 19, 10, Jesus said he, you know, for the Son of Man, that he came to seek and to save the lost, not to wait for us to seek him, right? It's God who acts first, God who draws us to himself. Let's look at the parable of the sheep, right? Mm. Dude had a hundred sheep, one went missing, yeah, left and left the wall. Find that one. So that one lot, he's not waiting for that sheep to come home. He's dropping everything and he's going to find it. And when he finds that sheep, what does he do? Parties. That dude has a party. Parties. And so, like, oh man, what the the what is the? It's a song that we can debate whether it's accurate or not. And I I love the debate. Uh, you know but, I love to debate Christian music. I do too, but Reckless Love, right? Oh, you had to go there. So now hear me out. You know, it, it talks about, you know, it talks about the the him leaving the 99 to go find the one. Yes. And the biggest argument I've heard against Reckless Love, just to, to and we're not going to get into this, maybe that's a podcast later, was the theology behind Christian music, or lack thereof for sometimes. But the everybody's like, well, how can you say God's love is reckless? God's love isn't reckless. Well, in God's terms, it's probably not reckless. Probably makes sense to him, mm-hmm. right? But when you look at it through a human scope, I don't know, man. Like leaving ninety nine sheep that aren't the smartest animals in the world, and like you know what, I'm gonna go follow this one. Like that seems reckless to me. There you have it on the hillbilly and the hipster. The hillbilly is pro reckless love. I'm also pro sloppy wet kiss. It's a yeah, Crowder. yeah, no, it's that's not a David Crowder song. That is a John Mark McMillan song that David Crowder covered and changed that word. Crowder sang it, so shut up. And changed that, and he changes that one lyric. So what? It's sloppy wet kiss or heaven meets earth. Like what? What's the other one? So I, yeah, it's. Uh, there's two version. There's two versions of it. I, I do believe that uh, John Mark John Mark McMillan's the original one is Sloppy Wet Kiss. Anyway, well, there's a, there's another version, and so I am I am pro Sloppy Wet Kiss, um, and both music and to annoy my wife. <laughs> well, I think of those kisses as like what your grandmother or, or like an elderly aunt gives you. I'm 
Come on, <laughs> come here and get me some smooches. All right, so you talked about Christian music, so I think we can we can reel this in. We can land this plane talking about some Christian music and grace alone. Um, I'm going to read to you a stanza from a song that I think people sing and don't even know it's a Christian song. Um, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Um, Do you know who wrote that song, Andy? I can't think of his name, but uh, he was uh, the gentleman that's credited for it. John was, Newton. Uh, yeah, yeah. John Maybe. Newton. Uh, I mean, if you look at his uh, eulogy, or not his eulogy, but his obituary, right? John John Newton was a Christian. He was an abolitionist, and he was a hymn writer, best known for his song "Amazing Grace." And he was from London, but he wasn't always a Christian. He had spent a good part of his life. Um, he was a staunch and outspoken atheist. Um, mm-hmm. And he would often try to persuade others from their faith in God. And he was well known by the crew members of his ship as a man who would blaspheme. He loved to gamble and he drank a ton of alcohol and he captained those ships that he was a slave trader. Yeah, because he got the the music, um, or the the melody, the tune, whatever in it, the 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 slaves on the ship would hum that melody, and so he put the words to that melody. Right, because on one of his voyages, there was a there was a huge storm. If I remember this right, there was a huge storm, and it actually caused John Newton to it, it caused him so much fear that he prayed to God for his life. And that it really mm-hmm. gave him this realization about the the sinful state of who he was, and and while that may not have been his point of conversion, it definitely was a point that he marked that he needed salvation, um, because he did finally accept the gospel later once he fully understood the grace of Jesus Christ, and he saw it that just as you know, just as Jesus provided salvation to Saul. On the road to Damascus, um, and and Saul, Saul says in in First Timothy one verse thirteen, right, that although he was formerly a blasphemer, persecutor, and an insolent opponent, but he received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in belief. So because of the grace of God that saved Saul, um, that same grace also saved John Newton. Um, that same grace, you know, saved you and me. And and so it's funny because I had that song pulled up as well. Ah, um, and so I, my favorite stanza in that was "Grace that taught my heart to fear and mm. grace my fears relieved." How precious did that grace appeared or appear the hour I first believe. And so the the first line, you know, grace is what taught my heart to fear. Right, like, and the ultimate fear that we should have is the fear of the Lord, and it's not a fear of, oh man, he's this mean, cranky old man up there that's going to punish me. You know, it's more of a reverence, respect type deal. But then it goes on; it doesn't say that grace just taught me how to fear the Lord, which we should do, but also grace relieves my fears. Right, 
just like Newton on the slate on, on the ship, right? Pleading for his life by the grace of God, his life was spared. And one of the, the biggest songs in any hymnal can be tied back to that. Right. And so how awesome is it that when we first believe, like when we first admit, okay, I'm a sinner in need of a, a loving savior. And in the moment that I relinquish my life to him, which is his anyway, right. But the moment I, it, it clicks and I'm pulled into him and I freely give up my life to follow him at that very moment, his grace covers everything. Amen. Because, you know, his grace covering everything, right. What we're saved by, it, it's not a mixture of, of God's grace and our good deeds or our actions, right. We, we know we talked about this last time we're talking about now we can do absolutely nothing to earn salvation and in our best efforts, no matter the best amongst us, right. Our best efforts are, are not good enough. Um, right it's isaiah 64 6 says all of our righteous deeds are filthy rags and and if we took our best efforts we we've fallen short right what paul says in romans 3 23 we've fallen short of of god's standard of righteousness and we deserve death in romans 6 verse 23 and and god doesn't tell us to do our best right we're not commanded jesus didn't command us to do our best for god but we were to love we are to love him perfectly and completely and guess what andy we fail at that daily, daily, and and, and again oh we're God. we're commanded in Ma- we're we're commanded. Um, the command in Matthew twenty two is not to try to love our neighbors, but to to actually succeed in loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. And, and even though we try, we fail. One well, and and then you have to look at well yeah I love the neighbors that live around me. Right? My physical neighbors love them. But what we fail to realize is that word neighbor isn't just the people that live by each other. Right. The 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 guy came to Jesus and was like, oh, well, you know, who is my neighbor? And it's, you know, your your black neighbor, your white neighbor, your Latino neighbor, your your gay neighbor, your insert neighbor here. The, the drunk that lives at the end of the corner, the, the druggie that's homeless under the overpass, those are your neighbors as well, right? And we're commanded to love them with the same fervor, if that's a word. It fervor. is today. It is now. Um, and that means a lot with the same, uh, for, that Christ loves us, Right. I mean, it's just, and we fail at that daily, right? I I took the big L on that one today and will fully own up to that, right? But it's not just today. And I think sometimes we get on this high horse or this pedestal. It's like, you know what? I'm not a perfect person, but I'm not a bad person. And really, without that's false. And is but for the grace of God that we move forward. Mm. And praise God that that God's word, right? The Bible, the Bible shows us, shares us, reveals a gospel that's based on not what we do, but on what Jesus has done, right? That good news. If you don't know that, right? That good news is that 
Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, the only one to ever live a perfect life. He lived that perfect life, he died on the cross, and he rose from the dead in order to give new life to dead sinners, to, to deliver us from those sins and give us eternal life with him, to make us heirs to something that truly, truly only belongs to him. And it's the yeah. reason that we know that Jesus will lose none of all that the Father has given him, but raise them up on the last day. Yeah, and so I'm I'm gonna land the plane this way. Um through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have overcome. This grace that brought me safe this far, and this grace will lead me home. Amen, brother. You know how I know we've got synergy? Because in my mind, that's what I was going to lead you to do was for you to close us out with that verse from Amazing Grace. So we are we are on par tonight. You know how good this podcast would be if we actually knew what we were going to talk about when we got on here? (laughs) Well, Andy, our... Those of you listening, you can reach out to us on, on Twitter at Hill Hipster Pod. That is our, our handle on Twitter. You can email us. Um, it's hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, Andy, what's the hashtag they need to use on Twitter if they want to win a, a railroad spike bottle opener? St. Hillbilly. St. Hillbilly. If you tweet at us with hashtag St. Hillbilly, or you can email us. Again, the Twitter is at Hill Hipster Pod. Email hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Use that hashtag Saint Hillbilly, and we are going to randomly choose someone to win one of those great Saint Galgano Armory um, Railroad Spike bottle openers. And don't forget to check out Saint Galgano Armory at etsy.com slash shop slash Saint Galgano Armory. If you use the code Hillbilly Hillbilly at checkout, you'll get 10% off. Um, Andy, what's the last word, brother? just overwhelming thankfulness for the grace of God. Amen. If it wasn't for that grace, there would be no hope in any of our lives. Amen. Well, until next time, everybody, we thank you for listening and be blessed. Have a great one, guys. We love you.